But like with Ginger and Drew, they came back looking amazing, yeah. knocking, you know, home runs every time they got up there and then they earned it. They worked for it. They deserved it, you know. And everyone always talks about three on B, getting the titles, three on B, you know, the prophecy and all this stuff. I mean, hell, I had to get released to go back to get the title, right? But they did. <laughs> What's up, Bengal fans? It's your host, Joey Carney, and I want to thank you for clicking on this video. It was an amazing experience, and I can't wait for you to watch the full episode and enjoy it just as much as I did filming it. Now, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe down below to stay up to date with all the Angles activity right here on YouTube. Now, enjoy the show. Let's go, let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Angle Podcast. Today, a very special guest is here with me. You know his face. You know exactly who he is. He is a former WWE Tag Team Champion. He was the hottest free agent of 2020. But if you know anything about him, you know that he's got kids. Ladies and gentlemen, Heat Slater. <laughs> oh, baby, man. Thanks for the introduction, man. That was good. Awesome. I appreciate it. And I said Heat Slater, but are you still going by Heat Slater, or is it just Heath now, Heath Miller? Man, I've been Heath Slater for 15 years to where it's like kind of just like branded on me, you know. But um, no, I can't use it now. I mean, WWE owns it. Vince has it locked away in his little little safe, you know. But uh, no, nah, I'm just going by Heath now. Just simply Heath. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm sure it's going to work the same way as Heath Slater did. <laughs> Man, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> hey, it's easy to chant, though, you know. Exactly. For sure. One syllable, very short, simple to yeah. point. It works. Short and sweet. Exactly. So uh, this last year has been very, very eye-opening in a lot of ways, um, especially for you. How, is it, how have you adapted to, I guess you can say, quarantine life now that everything's really starting to open up? But how have you adapted to you know, being in quarantine? I mean, you know, it's, it's like we were forced to adapt to it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, we had a choice that we had to. Um, but no, it was one of those things where like, it's different. It's, it's wild. It's what, what's really crazy is that like, you know, I mean, you know, this is our, everyone's first pandemic pretty much, you know, I mean, no one's really went through this, but, um, it's just try, me trying to explain it to my kids, you know, cause they don't understand at all. And then you try to explain it to them and they got a million questions and then I don't have the answers to those questions. I mean, hell, even the people out there that's studying this, crap don't even have all the answers so yeah. it's just one of those things where like man i'm just like everyone else out there where i'm, I'm figuring it out on, on my way through it <laughs> a lot of people tell me the hardest part is like the homeschooling aspect of it where it's like oh my god know how to adapt to that <laughs> dude homeschooling like you you honestly get a different uh, aspect about the teachers like you get a different respect for them because i mean my goodness and then like the, the way that we were taught isn't the same way that they're teaching my kids exactly. to where my kids are doing it so different to where I'm learning also. And I'm like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. I said, I could just told you the answer, but I didn't know you had to do all of this stuff to get that <laughs> answer for it. Like, man, but yeah, yeah that uh, homeschooling has been a little rough, it's, but it's been one of those things where me and my wife, we've been tag teaming, you know, to where, uh, 
she helps, you know, Roz with some stuff that's like easier for my wife to help her with. And then I'll help Remy with stuff that's easier for me to help her with. And then we'll have switch, you know, but, um, but now my uh, girls are back to school. They're going to school, you know, full time. And it's been, it's been like that for like, I don't know, the last couple months, few months. Yeah. So they've been back in the swing of things. Of course. And with all this stuff going on with the pandemic, uh, April 2020 happens and you get released from WWE amongst the list of many other people. Um, yeah, right. What went through your mind, I guess, leading up to that moment. And then after hearing the initial news of the release, um, it was one of those things where like a lot of people didn't really think it was going to happen just because I mean, my goodness, you know, a lot of us was up there forever, you know, but it's just, I, we're all still scratching our head of like, why in the world would you let go of all of this talent and not even just talent, but people backstage and, you know, people that just work with WWE and all this other stuff, you know, you know, backstage employees. And, um, and then like during a pandemic, you know, like what the hell, man, you know, it's just like one of those things. Like, I mean, like, thank God I was smart with my money and, you know, I've done good and all that stuff. I mean, I was up there for so long, I better have, but, um, it's just, it, it was just one of those things that it was just like a, a shitty way to do things. I mean, it's plain and simple. I mean, I'll say it. Everyone will say it. Um, but it's just, you know, um, you know, but then again, it's one of those things, you know, you get knocked down, you got to pick yourself back up and, you know, you go to other pastures and stuff. Of course. And did you, do you have any like insight that you'd be a part of that or was it, was it generally a surprise to you that, that that release came? Oh, it was just one of those things where like everyone was scratching their head. And when I first was seeing like first few guys that got, was getting released, the first few guys that were getting released was like the guys that all signed new contracts. Yeah. And I was in that bunch that signed new contracts yeah. and I just was like, Whoa. And then when that happened, I'm like, well, that's when I have to be this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And then next thing you know, it was all of them and then more. And I'm just sitting there like, Whoa. Yeah. It was but I mean, you know, at first it was just like a, what the hell type thing. But then again, there was a lot of us up there that was burnt out and our wheels were just spinning anyway. You know, we were there just, you know, pretty much just, you know, enjoying the ride. But, um, you know, a lot of the fire was gone. And um, but like none of us was going to quit. You know, we weren't going to just quit. But then again, it was like with them forcing us out, made us get that fire back made us you know get hungry again and all that stuff so i feel like it was a blessing and a curse and that kind of leads me into the next question that i want to ask and that was uh, <clears throat> how did you feel about your position there before or leading i guess you can say leading up to the release how did you feel about your, your position with the company and was there anything in particular that you, you wanted to do there that they weren't giving you the opportunity to do I mean, it's just one of those things where when you pitch ideas and pitch ideas and pitch ideas, but you never get anywhere. And these ideas are actually, you know, damn good ideas and other guys are okay with it and wanting to go with it and help you out and all that. But you just keep getting turned down. I mean, it just, you know, it just, it squashes your drive. It squashes your, you know, your, your will to want to go out there and perform to the best of your abilities. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you can, 
you can push, 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 but then whenever you just never get anywhere, it's just, yeah, you know, you just you stick to doing what you do, and whenever your name's called out the hat, you just perform <laughs> for the best that you can. Of course, and I mean that's that's been happening for years. Yeah, and you can kind of see that now that a lot of people. Or from a lot of people who have left the company who speak out, it's a yeah. pattern that you're seeing more and more nowadays, especially with so many different options of, of wrestling companies. You're seeing, you know, that that being said. So yeah, I totally get it. I mean, it's just one of those things where I mean, I can't like they they gave me some, you know, some of the greatest joys of my life. You know, I mean they did. I mean, everybody when you're a kid, you want to go to the WWE. I mean, that's just it. Oh, I want to be in the WWE. I got to do it for 15, 10 years of my life, you know? So, I mean, I got to ride that ship for a very long time. But, you know, it's just, you know, just some of the ways that they do things is just, you know, just not the right ways. Of course. And during your time there, I mean, you were part of a lot of, lot of special, I guess, iconic moments, you know, with Nexus, coming in with Nexus, 3MB, you know, Rhino, even segments with Brock Lesnar and, the, the whole legend yeah. run that you had, there were so many different, I guess, eras of Heath Slater. Do you have uh, a favorite of yours during your run there? Man, I, I've got stories from every one of them, man. <laughs> I mean, being honest, and it's one of those things to where you, you you have to adapt at every moment because you honestly don't know what the hell you're going to do. And, you know, they can tell you one week you're going to be the man and then the next week you're getting beaten by two little people dressed up in costumes. You know, it's like you just you don't know what in the world is going to happen. But um, my, my favorite times during the whole, like, of course, Nexus, you know, Nexus was great. But then again, we had to go through crap, you know, through NXT, you know, the whole game show <laughs> stuff and just yeah. random things just to, you know, pretty much try to embarrass the talent. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Nexus came out of it, you know, and Nexus was awesome. Nexus was something that was, I don't know, it was like 10 or 11 years old now, and people still talk about it. You know, it was just one of those things to where we put a dent in the wrestling universe. I mean, people are going to remember it, and people are going to try to, you know, redo it, which it won't exactly. ever be as good. <clears throat> and then, you know, from Nexus is the core. It was a watered down version. And, you know, the, the, the whole thing with the core, you know, Ryback was supposed to be in there with us, but he got injured, you know, and then we got Zeke, you know, and so it worked out all right. But it's still like it was supposed to be like the core of the Nexus, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And, but three on B was just a blast, man. I had I had two of my buddies that still like two of my good friends, you know. So it's like, you know, traveling the world with them for two years and just, you know, having a good time doing it, man. It was just I have nothing but good things to say about both of them. And, you know, and then me and Rhino, he was one of those odd cats to where, like, no one, like, even me and him both were like, I don't know if we're going to get along, man. <laughs> and then – he's one of my best buds, you know, so oh. it's weird how it works out. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's my, my, my career has been a, a roller coaster ride for sure. Like I've had highs and I've had lows and I've just been stuck in between, you know, but um, it, it was a, it was a hell of a ride though. Of course. And during, I guess that legends run that you had that single, that to me is kind of like your first real singles run in yeah. WWE where you're doing you know you're facing all the legends every week i mean from from vader to, to lita taking a moonsault from lita and diamond dallas page all that stuff 
Um, that, I mean, is not, not everybody can say that they did that, you know? So, uh, did you think that singles run would lead anywhere? Um, of course I did. I mean, it was one of those things when I got to the gorilla or not gorilla to the arena and I looked on the sheet and it literally said he's Slater versus big Van Vader. I just was like, no way, bullshit, <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't happening, you know? Yeah. And then I go in there and I'm talking to Carano and he's like, oh no, it's happening. And I'm like, what? Like the big Van Vader, you know, like Vader? And he's like, really? yes. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. So then, you know, the whole, they want to bring in a new legend leading up to Raw 1000 and they just was going to just feed whoever they wanted to, to these legends until I went and talked to Vince and I was like, oh no. I said, you know how Randy's a legend killer, man. I'll just be a legend builder. Like, let me yeah. just go and talk all this junk about him and have him lay me out. Like, this would be great. And I get to live my childhood like dream, yeah. you know? So, like, to me, it was all, like, that part of my career was uh, just the, the, the funnest. Like, it was just, like, I had a blast. And, I mean, me being scared of, you know, Vader and, Sid Vicious and all those guys and Animal from Legion of Doom, like being scared of all of them as a kid and then meeting them and talking over matches and going <laughs> to the ring and working them. Like, what the then hell? Then they all come and attack you. <laughs> exactly, man. You know, so it was it was a hell of a moment, man. It was it was great. It was a lot of fun. Of course. And as a fan, it was a lot of fun to watch all that play out. <laughs> you get to see the legends that everybody, you know, knows and loves. And then they see Heath Slater finally getting, you know, that singles run, but they're booing <laughs> him, but they're cheering him at the same time. It was all just yeah. a bunch of mixed emotions. <laughs> it, it was so funny because, like, I would always meet people out. Like, you know, if I go to a bar and have a drink and some food or whatnot, and, like, I would meet people out and they would come up and, like, talk to me. And, like, I'm, I'm a down-to-earth dude, man. I'm just like, hey, man, how you doing? You enjoy the show? I hope you did. You know, and they're just like, man, we love to hate you, man. Like, we love to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's good, I guess. And like, just, you're just fun to hate, but you're fun to hate. And yeah. it's just funny how people, like, legit had fun, like, booing me. And, I, I mean, I hear this from so many people, like, to where I'm like, it has to be a fake. Yeah. And then you, you, you kind of transition over to the babyface role with the I Got Kids thing. Where did that all stem from? Because that, I think, is the most – iconic part or iconic one of the most iconic slogans that we really did see in the last i, I mean I, I guess the last 10 years in wwe yeah it, <laughs> bro that that honestly happened on a mess up um i had this uh promo with um brock lesnar and um me and paul Heyman, man they gave us like a script yeah i mean like here's your verbiage, here's his, yours is. And, man, when I'm trying to get all of it, I'm just getting lost. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. So during the promo, there was a part, man, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, come on, it'll come back, it'll come back. Once Paul finished, I'm like, yep, it ain't coming back. <laughs> so I literally just said something like, uh, man, I know I can't whoop Brock's ass and these people know I can't either. I said, but damn it, I got kids and I need this job. And bro, and I guess back in the back, Vince just was like, whoa, yeah, I like that. I got kids. I need this job. You know? <laughs> That's what gets out of all the ideas. <laughs> all of them, you know, it's like, what the hell, really? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was off of a me just – shooting at my hip and hoping my verbiage is correct 
wow. which it wasn't at all, but it worked. Of course, you got a shirt, you got every <laughs> graphics and everything. <laughs> right. I had a two year or three year run with nine kids. <laughs> Yeah. I, don't know what I, remember, I remember seeing the graphics when you'd make your entrance. They had like a bunch of kids in the graphics, like and a trailer puller, yeah. or like a trailer in the back. Yeah, <laughs> I said, "Come on, man! <laughs> I should I should just start wearing bib overalls and bring a pail <laughs> to the ring or something." Yeah, right. I mean, but I it did lead, it did lead to a to a big moment for you becoming uh, the first SmackDown Tag Team Champions with Rhino, and you kind of touched yeah. on. Rhino being, you know, an unlikely duo, I sort of say. Um, how did that all come together? Like finding out you're going to be with Rhino and then finding out you're going to be tag team champions. Well, the whole, when I was doing the whole free agent thing, um, I was literally cutting a promo and um, it was, I, I pitched the idea to where, let me go to Raw and SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown, try to prove myself. But my ending goal was letting me get the intercontinental title. You know, that's like, that was what I wanted. That's what I wanted to achieve. That's where I pitched for. Yeah. Events love the ideas. He's like, I like it. I'd love for y'all to do back and forth. You do some funny skits. You can work matches on both, blah, 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 blah. You know, so I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to be everywhere. You know, so <laughs> like, let's go. And then we started doing it and it was working and it was great. And then next thing you know, SmackDown live popped up and Vince was like, Hey, I need you to come over here. I want SmackDown live to draft you. We got these tag titles and I'm uh, wanting to put Rhino with you. And I'm like, what happened about the Intercontinental title? You know, like I'm yeah. thinking I already had these tag titles three times, you know, like I want this IC title over here, man. That's my childhood dream. He was like, it was a great idea and everything, but I'm going to put Rhino with you and we're going to go this way. And I just was like, well, all right, let's just do that. So then next thing you know, Beauty and the Man Beast was born. <laughs> and that honestly was one of my favorite, one of my favorite tag teams on SmackDown because there was so much, uh, I guess, intensity from the crowd. Because uh -huh. You guys were so over with that whole, yeah. the whole thing and this worked so well. And then with the tag team titles, I mean, put the yeah, man, I ain't gonna lie, man. The people was with us, man. They yeah. they were uh, they they built us up great, and I thank them for it. You know, I thank them all the time for it. But yeah, they uh, they had our back for sure. <laughs> and you kind of touched before. Uh, uh, we, we kind of touched on three MB. Um, I think it was 2014. Gender and and Drew both get released. You're still there. What was your reaction to, to finding out that they were released? Did you think that you'd be next or how did that all play out? Of course I thought I was going to be next. Um, the crazy thing that happened was, is that like every month you would get, you know, your dates, you know, and before we had this app, you know, we would always just get every brawl. They would give us a printed out sheet, you know, and we're booked every live event, every TV. Like we're just, we were that act to where we want to put some boys over, but we were entertaining as hell. You know, we did it, but we were booked on everything for months, you know? And then next thing you know, all this releases happen. And I'm literally at the gym doing cardio and Drew calls me and tells me he got released. And I'm like, Oh man, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then 
Next thing you know, not even 15 minutes, Ginger calls me and tells me. And I literally was like, Ginger, Drew told me too. I said, let me call y'all back. I said, I'm probably going to get it also. And then like hour went by. I'm at my house. I'm chilling. Another hour goes by nothing. I'm just like, what the hell? So I'm just, I literally text Corona myself. And I'm like, dude, did you forget to call me? What's going on? Like, am I gone? And he literally broke me back. He's like, no, bro, you're safe. And I'm just like, well, what the hell? So I called Drew and Ginger back, and I'm like, bro, I'm, they told me I was safe. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. And they were like, you know, they were just, you know, being my brothers, like, good for you. You know, keep yeah. making that money, do your thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, but it was just after they left, because I was with them for two years and some change, yeah. I was lost. I mean, I was, like, lost. I was trying to find myself. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, it was just one of those things to where, like, once you're up there and you got this routine and you keep doing it, I mean, certainly for years, and then it's just taken away, you're just, yeah. oh, shoot. You know, you just feel naked in the street. Of course. And them both, I mean, fast forwarding to 2020, them both being back, Ginger and Drew, both being WWE champions at one point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, were there any, like, ill feelings on your end, thinking, like, they, they were both champions, you were there the longest 15 years, no opportunity for the title was there what was all Man, that not at all I, I don't i don't look at it that way at all you know i mean there's there's was so many times i mean you know it's like anything they want you to be champ you're a champ you know it's just how it works i mean that's <laughs> yeah. just how it works you know but like with ginger and drew they came back looking amazing yeah. knocking you know home runs every time they got up there and then they earned it they worked for it they deserved it you know and everyone always talks about three on B, getting the titles, three on B, you know, the prophecy and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, hell, I had to get released to go back to get the title, right? Because they did. <laughs> so, hell, who knows, you know? But no, man, there was never no ill feelings. Why? Because, yes, it's the wrestling business, but we're human beings and we are legit buddies outside of the business. So me, as a genuine friend, I'm happy as hell for it. I'm happy as hell Drew's in their main event at WrestleMania again working for the title. Hell yeah. I hope he gets it. You know, I mean, hell yeah. I'm sure but he will. <laughs> maybe, you know. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, I'm happy as hell for it. And I know for a fact if the tables were turning, they'd be happy as hell for me. That, that's awesome to hear. That's, you, can, you can see it. There's a, there's a genuine friendship, you know, through, through the work, through everything that, you know, 3MB really is <laughs> – we were friends before three on B man. And we're yeah. friends after. Of course. And uh, after, after re the release last year, you came back to raw, I guess for a <coughs> segment or a match with drew. And honestly, yeah. it was one, of, one of the best promos I ever, I, I think I ever saw from you um, with drew. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Like, did they come? Hey, like, it's Drew's you? fault. It's all <laughs> Drew's fault, man. For real. <laughs> um no man it was like um a writer contacted me about coming to raw and they wanted me to do you know a promo say with drew a match with Dolph, and then come to some kind of uh the something horror show match that yeah. they did i i forget the name of the pay-per-view yeah, and something cool. to like interfere you know and drew beats Dolph or something and i'm like well Drew don't need me to interfere to beat Dolph. If I'm going to come back and do anything, you know, it would be with Drew. But 
I just told him no, you know, because my mind was gone. I didn't want to. I was my boats already sailed. So I guess the writer told Drew that. And then a couple of days later, Drew calls me. And he's just like, hey, mate, you know, blah, 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 just talking and stuff. And we're talking back. And I even told Drew, I was like, man, I'm not doing Like, I can't. I don't want to. You know, he's like trying to talk me into it, you know. And I'm just like, no. And then um, a couple of days pass again. And then he calls me and we we literally just talked, you know, and talked like, you know, not about wrestling or nothing, just talked. And then he literally was like, man, just think about this. He's like, I need you there. I want you there. And it would be great for me and my storyline, but it will help you out too. He was like, imagine if they offer you a contract. Imagine, you know, even when you leave after this, you're going to be talked about, you know, people will be having your eyes on you, blah, blah, blah. You know, and then I talked to my wife about it. And she's like, what do you have to lose? You're already fired. Just yeah. go and do it and kill it. So I'm like, all right. So I told Drew, I said, man, if I do it, I'm only going to do the segment with you and I'm out. And then I went down there and they tried to give me a script and I gave it back to them. <laughs> I yeah. said, man, no. I was like, I got what I want to say and this and that. And then they were like, can you just mention that the last time you talked to him was on the bump? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I can put that in there. And then like literally, man, it was one take one go they never told us to stop and wow there we go you got what emotion we have for that night yeah and from there did they did they ever say anything to you about a contract either before or after they wanted <laughs> yeah. <you> back? yeah <laughs> yeah they offered me one back but it was like half of what i was making yeah i was like man uh i need to go and find myself and do other things and Test just chill, man. Just breathe and relax and spend time with the fam and just chill. Of course. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I never burn any bridges up there. They all know me. I still talk to more than half the people up there. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I was there for so long, man, you know, and we were friends. So it's one of those things. There's, there's no hard feelings at all. Like I told him, I said, you know, I just, I just want to go and do my thing for a little bit. And they were like, we don't blame you. We get it. So that was it. And then uh, after all that, after the summer of 2020, you show up at Impact Wrestling. Uh, yeah. Still a free agent on, on yeah. TV, showing up with Rhino, whatnot. Yeah. Is there any interest from any other companies outside of uh, Impact and, and I guess WWE? I talked to Impact, New Japan, and ROH. Got you it. know, so I talked to all of them. And then I talked with AEW after I already went with impact and everything. Yeah. And then they just wanted me to come in for like a, I don't know, like a three week thing, just to, yeah. I don't know, do some things, but uh, I was already, you know, committed with impact and everything. So, you know, I, I'm doing things with them, but, you know, I just had surgery March 1st, yep. you know, and um, it was way more than what we were expecting. And, I guess that what happens uh, when you go 15 years of wrestling and just pushing through everything, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And you're in the, the call your, call your shot battle Royal with impact bound for glory, their biggest event of the year. You're in there for a few seconds before you, you know, you suffer the hernia. Um, what, what went through your mind when that happened? Did you think did well, you knew something was wrong? That Oh, I've never felt pain like this before in my life. Yeah. Um, 
I literally slid in. I hit Myers with the neck breaker. And I was just like, it felt like someone stabbed me. And I'm just like, what the hell was that? You know, so I, I get up and I hit the leg lariat. And, bro, I just went down. And I'm just sitting there like, what is going on? So at first, you know, everyone thought it was just a hernia, you know. And then next thing you know, like with all these MRIs I got done and everything, man, I had like a, a sports hernia on the left side of my pubic bone and augurational or something like that hernia on the right side. I ripped my adductor muscle off the bone. My abdomen wall was completely ripped to where they had to mesh all of that back. Wow. Um, there was another muscle, I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it, <laughs> that was torn, that they had to suture back also. Wow. So it was just one of those things to where it was like, what the hell? I'm like, no. Yeah. But um, but thank God I found a doctor up at Duke. His name's Dr. Novick, and he was able to finish it all, man. It took six hours to get it all done. Wow. But, um, yeah, road recovery is going to be a little bumpy, man. <laughs> yeah. How long, how long are you out for? And what's, you know, what's the timetable for a return? Do you, do you know anything? That's just it, though. They, uh, the doctor told me, he said he didn't know. Um, the whole thing about it is, is that um, I uh, go back April 8th up there in Durham to get looked at again. And then he wants me to start rehab like a couple weeks after that. So then. He says, when you're in rehab and you're getting it and everything, he was like, you know, that's that's whenever I'm going to be able to tell. Of course. Well, I mean, the comeback is always better than the setback. So <laughs> Damn we're, right, all, it is. we're all ready for it. For all the fans uh, yeah. listening and watching right now, where can they find uh, Heath on, on social media, all, all, the, all your platforms? Man, I am on Twitter and I am on Instagram. If you if anyone tries to say I'm anything else, they're lying to you. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and it's Heath with the Roman numerals XXII for 22. And, um, you know, I got, I got merch out there with, you know, pro wrestling tees, uh, grudge match brand. I got stuff going on with total tobacco, um, you know, hot tag pins. So if anyone wants to, you know, look at those, you know, there's stuff out there with that too. And I am, and I'm on cameo. But I'm so bad at it because I always get these expired requests and I'm like, damn, my bad. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I shouldn't be bad at it because I like doing them. But I usually they, they slip through, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk and, and really just, you know, open up and talk about everything. I'm excited sure. uh, for, for the comeback. I think we all are. Uh, Thank you. Heath is going to do some big, big things in Impact when he's back. And uh, appreciate your time. Dude, man, thank you for having me, my man. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too.